This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Heart disease, it's the number one killer of Americans and a major contributing factor, your cholesterol. Nearly 94 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol above 200 and nearly 7% of children have high cholesterol. It is a national epidemic. So what can we do about it? Well, today we have everything you need to know about high cholesterol, from what really causes it to whether you can really do anything about it to prevent it. Plus, is 200 really the magic number that we need to stay below for good cholesterol? You may be surprised by what our expert says. Plus, statins have long been the gold standard for treating high cholesterol, but who should take them? For how long? And can you really take them for life? And what about the folks who suffer from pretty severe side effects to statins, like body aches and muscle pain? Well, there's a new drug that's showing big promise. We'll tell you about that too. We have your best prescription for life when it comes to dealing with high cholesterol straight ahead. Hello and welcome to Prescription for Life, the health and wellness show where we try to answer all your questions about the issues that matter most to you. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Monica Robbins. We know having high cholesterol is bad, and for years we've been told to eat better and exercise more in order to keep our cholesterol under control. And don't get me wrong, those are good things to do, but you might be surprised to learn that diet and lifestyle are not to blame for most cases of high cholesterol. Your parents are. Well, just kidding, sort of. It's in your genes. And yes, whether your cholesterol is high or low is often determined by genetics. So we're going to get into all the details about how to control your cholesterol, the do's and don'ts of statins, and the new drugs on the market in just a minute. But first, one woman's story of how her high cholesterol nearly killed her. This from our station in Greensboro, North Carolina. I really am a miracle to be sitting here, and I will tell anyone that. 61-year-old Belinda Blake really does have an amazing story. I could have died. High cholesterol almost took her out. I'm not sure I even processed it at that point of how bad it was. I have a aortic valve replacement and cardiovascular disease. I had two blood clots in my leg and a blood clot in my lungs. Having open heart surgery when she was 53 came as a shock. First we had to take care of the clots and then we had the surgery. The second surprise. I've never smoked. Blake said she never saw it coming. I didn't have the typical heart failure pains. Turns out her heart problems were all in her DNA. My dad, his mom, all of my cousins, there are five siblings in my family and four of us have had, well three of us have had open heart surgery. Um, one died of a stroke when he was in his 40s, and my sister is the only one that doesn't seem to have this problem. I'm going to take a listen to your heart here. Dr. Kenneth Hilty is the cardiologist and lipidologist with the Cone Health Medical uh, Group, treating hand. Blake and hundreds of others with high cholesterol and a high risk for heart attack and stroke. Take some deep breaths for me. One in about 110 people have some type of inherited genetic uh, disorder that causes high cholesterol. Most patients get standard cholesterol testing at their doctor's office, but oftentimes that cholesterol testing doesn't capture the whole risk picture. So we look at other markers on, on top of that. The clinic also offers trials for medicines beyond typical statins. Push the plunger in, press to inject it, 
we have now is a new class of injectable medicines. They're called PCSK9 inhibitors. Blake is on it, and she's seen her bad LDL numbers drop from over 2,000 to a normal range of 600. I've changed my lifestyle, but yes, um, I am on uh, Repatha. That has been the main drug that has helped me with my um, cholesterol. Essentially, she's been uh, event-free now for, for close to 10 years. Um, has had her life back. The key, Blake says, is to know your risk. Being a mother, I took care of everybody else and everything else, and you put yourself last. And that is, a, you know, something that we as mothers need to stop doing. <laughs> our thanks to our Greensboro station, WFMY, for that story. And it is a story that is all too common across the country. So what should you do if you're worried about your cholesterol? Well, we talked to one of the country's leading experts on heart disease and statins and asked him all of your questions. Take a look. We are joined now by Dr. Steve Nissen, who is the Chief Academic Officer at the Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. And as always, such a joy to talk to you again. Well, thank you. It's good to be here in person. Yes, it is. All right, 78 million Americans, or at least a third of U.S. adults, are either on a statin or eligible to take one. Is that accurate? That number is a little bit on the high side. Uh, I think we would say that 78 million people have a high cholesterol, but our guidelines would suggest that not all of them should be treated, but it's certainly tens of millions of people. So let me ask you this, when should you have your cholesterol checked? Is there, uh, is there a magic number age that you should start getting this number, at least know your number? Well, we've moved to a younger and younger age because we're seeing more elevated cholesterol in children. Um, you know, knowledge is power. And so, you know, if in your teenage years, you, you know, you're seeing a doctor, or most children are seeing a pediatrician, have them check your cholesterol. And maybe it's completely normal, but maybe you have a genetic disorder that causes it to be very, very high. And you need to know that so that treatment can be started at a young age. So the go-to drug for this is, is a statin. And there's a number of them available. When do you need one? How do you know if you need one? Well, it's a complicated story, but it, let me make it simple. If you've had a heart event, a heart attack, a stroke, bypass, a stent in your coronaries, almost all those people should be on a statin, almost without exception. If you haven't had an event, but you have risk factors, then we make a calculation of what your 10-year risk of disease is. If it's more than about five to seven and a half percent over the next 10 years, then that calculator says you consider a statin. And we often use a statin in those people, sometimes at a low dose, but in people who have never had an event, who have elevated risk, they too need a statin. So what exactly does a statin do? Statins work in the liver and in the liver cells to prevent the liver cells from making cholesterol. And what that does is it activates the liver cells to pull cholesterol out of the bloodstream and then help to excrete it. So it's just a magical approach to, to lowering cholesterol. But can't someone who may have, you know, moderately high cholesterol fix it with diet and lifestyle? If it's just a little bit elevated, we sometimes will recommend diet. But it's important to understand that 80 or 85% of the cholesterol in your bloodstream is being made by the liver, and only 15 or 
is cholesterol that you consume in the diet. And so most people, unless they have a really radical diet, most people can't lower their cholesterol by more than about 15 or 20 percent. And that may not be enough uh, for a lot of people. So is there a difference between the high cholesterol that is inherited compared to the lifestyle type of cholesterol? Because I'm assuming that's where most people get high cholesterol is based on their lifestyle and what they're eating? It actually is not. Um, most people, it is related to genetics. Um, you know, diet's important. I do not want to minimize the importance of a healthy lifestyle. It's the, it's the first thing we want to do when we find somebody, pretty younger people who have a high cholesterol. But there are many, many people, the majority, in whom they cannot lower their cholesterol adequately with diet. And those people, we have to treat it with a medication. And fortunately, we have really good medications. So um, my producer was telling me that a doctor once told her that basically everybody over a certain age should be on a statin, that they can't hurt, they can only help. Is that true? I don't think that's quite right. Um, yes, as you get older, the risk of a heart attack or a stroke or even sudden cardiac death go up. Uh, and the risk calculator takes into account age. And so as you get older, that risk calculator is gonna gradually increase your 10-year risk when it's calculated, and you may cross the threshold. But there are certainly people who are 80 years of age, uh, who are healthy, who have normal, very healthy cholesterol levels, and they don't need to be treated. So it's just, it's not about age, it's about looking at all of the risk factors together. Diabetes, smoking, high blood pressure, and calculating whether there's a high risk and then treating those that do have a high risk. Is fatty liver and cholesterol the same thing? Fatty liver is a different disease. Fatty liver is a very important disease. It's associated with obesity. Uh, it is treatable with weight loss. Uh, but it is a very different disorder. And it doesn't cause cho high cholesterol. It does not in and of itself cause high cholesterol. So when we're talking about statins, there are side effects with anything that anyone can take. And I know you recently did a study that received national coverage about a statin alternative. But before we get to that, let's talk about what are the side effects with statins and how common are they? Well, first of all, the whole issue of statin intolerance is controversial. Uh, you know, some physicians think that it doesn't occur very often, others think that it does. We certainly see people where you give them a statin and their muscles hurt or their muscles are weak. And so we reduce the dose and they still have the problem. So we try another statin and they have the problem again. And these are people who have pretty well-documented intolerance. Now, how many people is it? Most people think it's maybe around 10 to 15% of patients. That means that as many as 85 or 90% of people will have absolutely noticed no side effects from statin drugs and they'll get a very good reduction in their cholesterol levels. You just did a huge study on an alternative. Let's talk about that. What is it and how does it work? Well, first of all, we wanted to develop a therapy that would help patients that couldn't take a statin. And there's a small company in Ann Arbor, Michigan we worked with and they developed this drug. Uh, this drug is, is uh, interesting in that it works along the same pathway as statins, but when you take it orally, 
it's inactive. It gets taken up by the liver and it gets activated in the liver. And so it's reducing cholesterol without getting into the muscles or other tissues, so it can't cause those muscle-related side effects. We studied this drug, and indeed, it worked very well at lowering cholesterol, and importantly, it worked well in lowering the risk of heart attack or stroke or the need uh, for a stent or a bypass procedure. Was it as good as a statin, though? Well, it wasn't compared directly to a statin, but the amount of risk reduction was in the same ballpark with what we see with a moderate intensity statin. My view of it is that it is as good as many of the statins that are used and the doses that they're typically used. If you need a very intense reduction in LDL cholesterol, that's the bad cholesterol. If you need that, then you may need more than just this drug known as bempedoic acid. You're going to need something else, and we do have other alternatives. So is this drug already available? Can people ask their doctors for it? Yes, it's available. It was approved in the year 2020. It was not widely used. It was initially marketed in the middle of the pandemic, so they really couldn't visit doctors to tell them about it. And people often wait until there's evidence not just that the drug lowers cholesterol, but it lowers the things that cholesterol does, cause heart attacks, cause strokes, and cause sudden death. So we needed to demonstrate whether or not this drug actually could do what statins do to protect patients, and it did. Is it, what about cost analysis compared to if you don't, if you can't take a statin because of the side effects and you want to use this alternative, is it covered by insurance because this drug is relatively new? Well, that's an interesting uh, question. First of all, it is more expensive. Statins are incredibly inexpensive. I mean, many people, it's $3 a month. I mean, really can't get much cheaper than that, a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, but uh, this drug will cost a lot more now. Insurers have been a little bit slow to accept the drug because they've been waiting for the study that I just reported, known as clear outcomes. And once the study showed a reduction in heart attack and related complications, now I think the insurance companies are going to be much more enthusiastic about covering the cost of the drug because it has a proven benefit uh, on things that people really care about. We talked about baby aspirin for years, and I think there's still some confusion out there about who should be taking it, if they should be taking it. Can you kind of give us the Cliff Notes version in simplest terms of people who are still not sure, or my dad took it, I think I should be taking it now, is what I hear a lot. The vast majority of people should not take aspirin unless they've had a heart-related event like a bypass or a stent or, or you know, a heart attack, these kinds of things. Um, it turns out that the increase in bleeding risk counterbalances any benefit on heart-related uh, bad outcomes. And so there's no net benefit. And in fact, in many people, there's net harm. Some people who have, we're talking about a 20% 10-year risk in our risk calculators, then we'll consider aspirin, but only in very specific patients. People should just not run out when they hit the age of 50 and get a big bottle of aspirin and start taking an aspirin a day. That is not a good strategy. 
What is the one thing about cholesterol that you want people to, to really take home, the message you want people to remember? The average cholesterol over your lifetime is the best predictor of whether you're gonna have a heart attack, a stroke, or die suddenly. And so this concept of lower is better is rock solid from a scientific point of view. And that means that people, when they cross a threshold of needing a statin, should take it, and they should take it continuously. They should take it for the rest of their life. Now, the good news is it's inexpensive, it has few side effects in most people, and it has life-saving benefits. Please don't forget that. I should have asked you this in the beginning, but what are the numbers people want? What should your LDL be? What should your HDL be? And HDL is obviously the good cholesterol yeah. you want. Yeah, it's a little bit complicated. Uh, it depends, on the, our guidelines no longer have target levels. They say if you're above a certain risk, you should get a high intensity statin. That's kind of a high dose of a more potent statin, a more effective statin. And if you're at a little bit lower risk, you should get a moderate intensity statin. They don't have targets, but many of us do. And so here's what I would tell people. For people that are at moderate risk, getting their LDL, that's the bad cholesterol, below about 100 is what you wanna do. And if you're higher risk, below 70, maybe even substantially below 70. Now there's a very important principle here. Patients come to see me and they, t they say, I have a high cholesterol. And they've looked at their lipid panel and they're looking at the total cholesterol. The total cholesterol is not important. It's how much LDL, how much bad cholesterol you have. So these targets of 170 are for LDL cholesterol. There is no target for HDL cholesterol. We do know that higher levels of HDL, the good cholesterol, are associated with less risk. How do you raise your HDL? Well, exercise seems to do it, weight loss seems to do it. We don't have drugs that do it that have been proven to reduce heart-related complications. Dr. Nissen, as always, great advice. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. You heard Dr. Nissen talk about some folks having pretty severe side effects from traditional statins. Meg Ferris from our station in New Orleans tells us more about the new drugs on the market that are helping patients lower their cholesterol without the aches and pains. A few years ago, Dr. Dan Long went from training for a half marathon to having a TIA, a mini stroke. The only sign was numbness in two fingertips one day. Your first thought is, no, that can't be possible. And so I went from feeling fine and thinking that everything was going well to, wow, you are pretty ill. He was overweight with high blood pressure and cholesterol. As time went on, chest pain meant Dan needed stents to open up clogged arteries. But he was also on statins. They've been around for 40 years. It's a very common medication to lower cholesterol and inflammation in the arteries. The more inflammation you have within the vessels, um, the more plaque you will build. That dark right there is calcium, so this artery is blocked. Turo interventional cardiologist Dr. Frank Wilklow says around 10% of people on statins get side effects, muscle aches and cramps at night, even brain fog. Eventually that happened to Dan, even with adjusting his statin dosage. 
my ability to run uh, had gone down. In fact, I no longer could run one mile. I was having severe pain in my shoulders, neck, uh, hips, um, uh, thighs, to the extent that uh, I couldn't move, I couldn't lift my arms, couldn't lift my legs. Ten years ago, we didn't have very many good options. And now we have lots of good options, three great options. There are newer oral medications like Nexlitol with new studies showing the benefit and simple at-home injections with a preloaded pen, some twice a month like Repatha and Preluent, and another, Lecvio, twice a year. And those are dramatically lowering bad cholesterol, even into the single digits. So we've seen it already where there's less stents and less bypass surgery. But I think as these medications, after they've been on the market, people have been using them for 10 years, we feel like there's going to be a lot less coronary disease and a lot less interventions like stents and bypass. In the meantime, Dan's muscle strength is coming back now that he's off of statins and on a new injection. I went to not being able to lift anything, zero above my uh, shoulders. Now I can lift 10 pounds. Now he's gone from four pills a day to two injections a month and is planning to run another half marathon. Meg Farris, Eyewitness News, Medical Watch. We hope you learned a little something about cholesterol and statins today. We are so happy you joined us, and we hope you'll come back next week for another episode of Prescription for Life. I'm your host, Monica Robbins. Until then, stay healthy. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.